Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about that region and began to bring the sick on mats wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Our loving God, we are gathered here this morning with friends and family and strangers. Some of us may be visiting for the first time, or we're here with neighbors, and we ask that we would all feel like we are part of the flock. One family, one Lord, one faith. But if not, Lord, we know that you still welcome us. We ask that you would give us a sense of your nearer presence this week in difficult days, times in our country when it's hard to know what's coming next. We pray that, that we will lean into your, your arms and call upon you, Lord, to, to heal the breach between uh, so many people. We pray that we will be part of that repairing process, that we will be filled with patience and grace, and uh, that you will help us, Lord, to try to bring hope and consolation wherever we go on these most challenging times. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. So, how are you doing? I'm practicing my Minnesota because I'm going home tomorrow morning. It would be so, how are you doing? So, yeah, 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 you got to get the yah-yahs ready. I remember Rob when he came to visit the first time and rode in a van for, for a three-hour ride up to the lake and it was my sister, my cousin, my mother, and me, and he never heard so many, yeah, no, yeah, no, all this nasal stuff from the Minnesota climate. So some of you are understanding <clears throat> more than others, but <laughs> I will try not to pick up the accent again, although it is dear. So how are you doing? I'm asking that because these are uh, difficult days, in case you hadn't noticed Uh, The very greeting is innocent enough, but nowadays in this tumultuous time in our country, in the global village, it is unsettled. The news is always bringing us even every 15 minutes a change and something. It's not unusual to get rolled eyes in response to this question. How are you doing? Whoa. Or a shrug. Or even to find people sad, withdrawn, and concerned about the future of our world. Aren't we all hungry for good news and a sense of security and peace? You may be familiar, I seem to be on a Minnesota jag, with uh, Krista Tippett, 
who is NPR, Minnesota Public Radio hostess. She has a website for many years, but she's just redone it, uh, filled with podcasts of speakers from all walks of life, philosophers, uh, artists, um, uh, psychologists, religious people, all uh, talking about a certain concept that they would like to talk about. But this time, she was the one on her show, On Being, who was asked to give her own thoughts uh, in response to this question. How can we stay present to what's happening in our world without giving in to despair and hopelessness? How can we stay present to what's happening without giving in to despair and hopelessness? Krista answers her own question by saying, We aren't equipped to take in the news media 24-7. She takes it in doses, as I'm sure many of uh, you are doing, doses during the day, and she thinks this is actually a spiritual discipline, a spiritual discipline. Another discipline, she describes, is what the headlines are reflecting is never the full story of our time. It's not the last word on what we are capable of. It's not the whole story about us. We cannot call forth something in the world that we don't embody. So if the news is devastating and negative and we embody hope and consolation, we will not take on that hopelessness. We will turn it around and shine. I remember years ago, former pastor Al Douglas, many of you know well, had um, wallet-sized cards that were laminated that he would use uh, to support his marriage ministry for couples. And on that card, there were five questions. They were called a temperature check. And this was supposed to be done with couples, uh, you know, several times a week, if not every day. As you know, with our schedules and our society, we can run crazy and not even have time to see our partner until maybe midnight or 10 o'clock at night or maybe we just take a break during the week and catch up on weekends. So it's an excellent tool and I I just bring it back to your attention uh, because we need it not only for our couples but for our friends and relations and all kinds of things. The questions go something like this. What I appreciate about you and then you would answer that question to the other person. Another question, I request a change in some behavior, but the partner doesn't have to comply. That was Al's point. You, you may be kind of, you know, something you're doing is kind of getting on my nerve, but I'll tell you about it, but you don't have to change it. That's the freedom you have in this temperature check. Another question, something about you puzzles me. Something about you puzzles me, even though you may have been married for 40 years um, or maybe you're just dating. But at any rate, this is some opening questions. Now, they go back and forth. So uh, those are the standard questions both parties uh, have to answer. And um, so every week there might be something puzzling about your, your partner. But at any rate, I take this into the generic field of friendships, uh, colleagues, coworkers, maybe there's some exercises you can do to keep um, the steam from rising in some of these uh, worldly issues that we're facing and ways that we can actually just listen and um, get to know each other on a deeper level in a, in a very um, crucial time. It was important for couples, as I say, 
to do this to keep uh, the line of communication open and free. Today's gospel story has disciples on the road, busy with the demands of their new mission work and healing increasing numbers of folks. They return to Jesus, as we know, and he quickly takes what you could call a temperature check on the disciples. You know, how are you doing? You all look exhausted. Uh, What kinds of things are on your mind? What's puzzling you? So these new missionaries are definitely in need of a time out. And so the crowds are coming and coming and coming even to Jesus then. The crowds are so eager for hope and healing. But Jesus decides that they cannot relax if they stay here. So he gets them into the boat and they go across to the deserted beach on the other side for some R&R. Meanwhile, the sick are insistent, the destitute who are so excited about Jesus to find him. So they know the landscape well. They run around the hill and up the mountain and around and they get over to the beach where Jesus is going to land before he gets there. And they're also picking up friends and relations and neighbors on the way who need their various diseases healed. And so it is that Jesus pulls out the mob scene has begun and even then his compassion is so deep that exhausted as he is, he continues to heal them all throughout the day. Even those who touched the hem of his garment were healed. And so I think of this song that we sing uh, at all three services, I believe, and it's got beautiful lines that remind me of this kind of uh, the scene that we're seeing in today's gospel. Gather us in the lost and forsaken. Gather us in the blind and the lame. Call to us now and we shall awaken We shall arise at the sound of our name. Gather us in and make us your own. Gather us in, all people together. Fire of love in our flesh and our bones. We need that fire of love in our flesh and our bones nowadays. And what about this morning in the pews of UDLC? How are we faring in these contentious times with our families and our friends and those who share different beliefs or different opinions about what will be best for our country at this time, for those seeking asylum who are coming from south of the border? Can we be healed of the need to be right? Healed of the need to take a side by party affiliation? Can we all just be God's children? first and foremost, made one in baptism, one faith, one Lord, one Father of us all? Can we love those who don't share our opinion? It's not been easy, and I will say it first. There are some strong, deep-felt opinions we have, even theological understandings that are challenged by what is going on in our world and sometimes amongst our friends and neighbors. And our relatives, I'm going home to Minnesota, and I know that there is uh, siblings that have some topics we will not probably be broaching as we go north to the cabin and are locked up together for two days. As you all know how that goes, the Thanksgiving dinners, the table conversations, there are areas that are just taboo. It's a bit like the situation in the Ephesians lesson as well today. Chapter 2, Paul writes to two groups that are not easily now one family. The Gentiles, 
who were not the initial chosen people of God, like the Jews, but they still are now being included in the family. Jesus is preaching to them. Jesus is reaching out to them. They are of equal value and heritage. This wasn't easy to swallow for the Jews in those days who had been on the inside track with God. They knew what was right and how to behave and the procedures and religious services. And Jesus himself was a Jew. But now, through his own potential death and rising, all these Gentiles are going to be given equal status in the kingdom of God, the family of God. You and I are given that same status in God's family. But it wasn't without a wall of division that had to be broken down, as it said in Ephesians. The wall between them had to be taken down between Jews and Gentiles. That was Jesus' mission. As Paul says in uh, 14 and 15 verses, the Messiah has made things up between us so that we are now together on this, both non-Jewish outsiders and Jewish insiders, according to the message version. For he is our peace. In his flesh, he has made both groups into one and broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. Our lesson this morning is a beautiful passage, both of them, Ephesians and Mark, describing the incorporation of two groups, Jews and Gentiles and the sick and the needy, into one flock, whom Jesus graciously teaches and comforts and feeds without asking where they've come from and if they are documented, and for whom he will give his life without question so they all might be saved crossing the border from sin and death to life everlasting. Most importantly, writes Michaela Bruse, Christ takes in those who are unwelcome everywhere else and offers them rest and dignity and a place to belong. Simple as it is, the image of God as loving shepherd is perhaps the only one by which to measure our own efforts as the Christian community. Another article described Shepherding Well by Pearl Barros. She writes, In his 2013 address, the world's priests at Holy Thursday Mass, to the, the 2013 address to the holy priests at Mass, Pope Francis noted that good priests and all church leaders should smell like the sheep. Good leaders should smell like the sheep. For a shepherd, to smell like the sheep means that he or she attends to the concerns, the needs, the hopes of the people he or she serves. It means understanding leadership and power in terms of service. In examining our own lives, where do we exercise leadership and power? Are we shepherding well? And do we smell like the sheep? So, Upper Dublin sheep, as Pope Francis might call us, let us, as we go forth, try, with God's help, to continuously embody the sacrificial love of Christ Jesus as we go forth in these challenging times, each day, Let us be slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. 
Let us break down the dividing walls of hostility between us all. Let us smell like the sheep we are by attending to the concerns, the needs, and the hopes of one another and those who are seeking safety, asylum, and new life and a place to belong among us. Amen.